congregation. Thank you so much, choir. Hallelujah. Great is thy faithfulness. Beautiful, beautiful. The Bible is an amazing and exciting book. In fact, this morning, we're going to look at just 19 verses from it mainly. And in those 19 verses, we find the deliverance of a demon-possessed girl, a slave girl. We find the persecution of two men who were simply out telling others about Jesus. We find a small riot which led to beatings and imprisonment. We find a midnight prayer and praise service. You know, you've heard of midnight madness maybe in basketball or midnight madness sale. Well, here we have midnight gladness. And we find that in those 19 verses. We find an earthquake takes place. A man almost commits suicide. A man and his family are amazingly transformed. And there is a late supper or early breakfast, depending on how you want to look at it, is served. All of that in just 19 verses of Scripture. Well, let's don't talk about it. Let's look at it. You'll find it in the New Testament book of Acts. There should be a Bible in the pew rack in front of you. If you don't have one, you find the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. The 16th chapter. And while you're turning there so you can follow along today, I want to set the stage. Paul and Silas or out on a missionary journey in the city of Philippi. Philippi is in the uh, city in eastern Macedonia, modern day Greece, modern Greece. And they're there to preach Jesus, to share His love, to share His message. And they're heading to a prayer meeting. They're heading to the place of prayer. And we pick up the story in Acts chapter 16, beginning at verse 16. If you'll follow along as I read, Acts 16, 16. Now it happened, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying... And singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open. Supposing the prisoners had fled. Drew his sword. And was about to kill himself. 
But but Paul called out with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them that same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them. And he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. Now beloved, you get the picture, this enslaved demon-possessed girl is following them around. And it went on for many days, according to verse 18. And finally, Paul gets annoyed, and he delivers her from that possession, that demon possession, in the name of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's the question, why would Paul be annoyed? I mean, what she was saying was right. Did you notice what she said there? It says there that she followed them around saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did that for many days, following them around, saying that out loud. So why in the world would Paul be annoyed? Well, I don't care who you are. If someone's following you around saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over, you just can't stand anymore, can you? Listen, parents of little children... Can I get a testimony? Mama, can I have this? 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 No! Hush! Right? But but what's going on here, don't get too excited. Now what's going on here is more than just a mere annoyance. It says he was annoyed, but it's more than that. Why? Because this was more. Why? Well, consider this this, this girl's pitiful position. Number one, she's a slave. Number two, she's demon-possessed. And number three, she's in a life where she is exploited and used by her masters. And I think that certainly would grieve our heart, and I certainly grieve the heart of Paul and Silas. And then furthermore, consider the possible association. I mean, this, this girl has fallen them around, and Paul didn't want people to associate her message with their message. You see, her message is inspired by the devil. She's demon-possessed. They didn't want those in the same boat. Paul and Silas are inspired by God. They were not together, and he did not want that association. Maybe later on when they move on, there's that girl, they were with Paul and Silas. What does she have to say? No, they were not the same. And so he delivers her in the power of Christ. Now you would think such a deliverance would be a cause of celebration. And it is, but that's not what happened here. Paul had interrupted the source of income for this girl's masters. He had touched their pocketbook and it touched a nerve and it set off a chain reaction here in the passage. Greed and the loss of money caused her masters to stir up the leaders and the crowd against them. In fact, it led to the point where they were beaten. It says in verse 22, then the multitude rose up together against them. The magistrates tore off their clothes, commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they laid many stripes on them, threw them into prison and told the jailer, make sure you secure them, put them in the inner prison, 
fashioned their feet in stalks. So get your, your mind around that for a moment. Here's Paul and Silas. They're persecuted. They're beaten. They're in prison for doing good. For doing what's right. For helping. For delivering. The Lord Jesus said in John 15, 19 through 21, If you are of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they would keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. And Paul and Silas are experiencing that in their own life, in their own ministry. They're being persecuted for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want you to picture them laying there in that dark, damp, rank prison. Perhaps there were rats and, and, and roaches crawling around them, crawling over them. Their backs are torn and bleeding. They've been beaten with many rods. Their, their feet are fastened in stocks. Perhaps their legs are beginning to cramp and ache. And there they are laying in that place. That cold, rank, dark prison. Put yourself in their shoes. Chain yourself in their stocks. How would you respond? Think about it. What would you say? How would you respond? Well, I want you to notice what they did. It's quite amazing. Verse 25. But... Up oh, there's a hinge. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. There they were, praying and praising. They were having a midnight church meeting. Midnight gladness. And it says the other prisoners were listening to them. I'm sure it was a first for all of them. Those who had been in that prison for some time had probably heard many men come down in that prison and be chained there. And they heard many prisoners cursing and swearing and lashing out in anger, even screaming. But here are two men. What are they doing? They're praising the Lord. They're singing. Psalm 42, 8 says, The Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime and in the night. His song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. See, there was something different about these two. They had something better. They had someone. The others in the prison did not. Maybe Paul and Silas were there that night. Laying there in pain. That cold, dark place. Maybe they got to thinking about the words of Jesus. They just couldn't help themselves. Maybe they thought about what we read in Matthew 5, 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. And say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Maybe they thought about the Lord Jesus' words we find in Matthew 10, 28. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear Him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. 
And, and maybe they were thinking about the Lord Jesus and thinking about His words and, and thinking about how blessed they were and, and how they would rejoice. And, and, and they just couldn't help themselves. And they, they cry out in, in song and, and praise and prayer. And something amazing happens. An earthquake happens that looses everyone's chains and opens all the prison doors. If this story is a familiar one to you, have ever thought about what those songs were that they were singing? I'd like to suggest a few. Maybe they were singing that one that, that Chris Tomlin sings. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior's ransomed me. And like the flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love. Amazing grace. Or maybe it was Charles Wesley's great hymn, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine, thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flame with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Maybe they broke out in chorus down there. In this jail, Lord, be glorified. Be glorified. In this jail, Lord, be glorified today. I don't know what those songs were to you. I tell you what. Whatever they were, they brought pleasure to the ears of God Almighty. As His servants are there, chained in stocks, bleeding, hurting, aching, and yet their hearts are bursting forth with joy as they sing and praise the Lord. You see, Paul and Silas were at more, uh, they had more peace than the jailer himself. In fact, the jailer of that place, the Philippian jailer, had a rude awakening. He woke up in the midst of that earthquake and realized the doors were opened and fear fell upon him because if he lost the prisoners, he himself would probably be punished or put to death. And so he almost kills himself. Pay attention to what happened. Verse 29. Then he called for a light. After Paul had cried out, don't, don't harm yourself. He called for a light, ran in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and asked them a question. He says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? May I submit to you, beloved, that that is the most important question that man ever asked in his entire life. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? May I submit to you, beloved, that that is a question that everyone should ask. You see, that question tells us a lot. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? First of all, it tells us that he realized he was lost and needed to be saved. He realized that. It's implied in the question. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Saved from what? He'd already been saved from killing himself, right? Because Paul had cried out. All the prisoners were still there. He needed to be saved from his sin. He had disobeyed God. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have done wrong. All have sinned. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And this man needed salvation from his sin. He also needed to be saved from a horrible place called hell. Revelation 20, 14 and 15 says, Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. 
And the Bible declares that those who deny and those who do not receive the Lord Jesus, they will spend forever, eternity apart from Him in a horrible place called hell. That man needed to be saved from his sin, saved from hell. He realized that. It also tells us that he realized he could not save himself. You see, if he could save himself, he would have never asked the question. He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? If he could save himself, he'd just pull himself up by his own bootstraps and, and make his own way. But he couldn't. And neither can you. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You can't work your way into heaven. You can't do enough good. Why? You're already sinned. For all have sinned. You're already lost. You're under condemnation. You need to be saved. You can't save yourself. And so this man realizes that he cannot save himself. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? It tells us a third thing about that man. It tells us that he believed that he could be saved, but he didn't know how. That's why he asked the question. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? By the way, maybe you're here today. And you want to be saved, but you don't know how. That's fine that you don't know. Because the Scripture declares to us the answer. Look at what Paul and Silas said in verse 31. Here's their answer. So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. You and your household. Now I want you to notice what they did not say. They did not give him a long list of things that he needed to do. They didn't say, well, you need to attend church for two months. You you need to give to the poor. You need to do all these things. And there's nothing wrong with that. You ought to do that. But they didn't give him a list of things to do. Why? Because religion says do. Religion says do. Do this. Do that. To gain acceptance. Christianity says this. Done. The Lord Jesus accomplished all that was needed upon the cross. The Lord Jesus has done what we need to have salvation. Jesus did it all as He gave His life upon the cross. As He lived a sinless, perfect life. Perfect God, perfect man, joined to the flesh. Came and laid down His life on that cross. He died, shed His precious blood, was buried, and rose again victorious. And so, beloved, to answer the question, all that you must do, if you want to say it that way, is receive Him. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on Him. Not just believe about Him, that there was a man named Jesus. Not just believe facts and figures. Not just believe that there was a historical figure. To believe here means to trust Him. Jesus, who is God, came in the flesh as a little baby. Perfect God, perfect man. Lived that life, laid down His life on the cross. Rose again victorious. And He's the only way, the only way to God in heaven. So, preacher, how could you say that? I didn't, He said, He did. He said that. John 14, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way to God. The only way to heaven. And beloved, all you have to do to have your sin forgiven, to be made a child of God, to have a home in heaven, is to believe, to trust Jesus Christ alone for salvation. To turn from your sin and say, listen, I don't want this life anymore. I don't want to live in my sin. I don't want these things anymore. I want Jesus. 
And you give, him your, you give Him your life. And He saves you. And He washes you clean. And he makes you a child of God. An heir and a joint heir of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's true for every person. Did you notice they said there, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. In other words, those in your house that believe, they'll be saved too. And so all those that are able to understand the gospel, understand their need, if they'll believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, they will be saved too. It's true for every person. And so what did the jailer do? Well, he believed. What did his family do? They believed too. Because we're told here, look at, there was a great change that took place. Look at verse 33. It says, and he took them the same hour, that's the jailer took the prisoners, the same hour, Paul and Silas, and washed their stripes. Wow. There's been a change in this man. He's been changed. This is the same jailer who a few hours before, probably very gruffly and angrily, threw them down in that prison, put their feet in stocks, and left them there hungry. And now here he is, the same man who's been touched by the Lord Jesus Christ. He takes them out with compassion and he washes their stripes. It says next, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. What does that mean? That means that they took the very first step of obedience for a believer. The very first thing a Christian should do is obey the Lord and be baptized a public sign of their belief in Him. Baptism doesn't save. But when you're saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the next step is baptism. To identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. This, this man and his family did that. And then notice what, that, what else happened. Verse 34. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced. What a difference from just a few minutes ago. You see, just a little bit ago, this man was the same man, a lost man, who awoke at the earthquake and was about to take his own life out of fear and plunge himself into a crisis eternity. And now we fast forward to take just a little bit. Here's that same man who's been touched by the Lord Jesus Christ. He's repented of his sin, placed his faith in Jesus. He's a changed man. His family is changed. He's a new creature in Christ. And here he is not only ministering to them because of their stripes, he's giving them food and he's rejoicing. Why? It says at the end of the verse, having believed in God with all of his household. Midnight gladness, beloved. Now I wonder, does all this make sense to you, friend? Do you realize that like the jailer, you are lost? If you've never received the Lord Jesus, you're lost today. You you need a Savior. You cannot save yourself. You need saved from your sin because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. You need saved from your sin. Saved from that horrible place called hell. And you can't save yourself. And you want to be saved today. And beloved, now you know how to be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll be saved. And, and your family, each one is old enough to understand and believe. Each one that comes, if they believe, they'll be saved. Every one of them. And so the question today is for those who don't know Him, what's holding you back? Are you ready today to turn from your sin to the Lord Jesus? Are you ready to give Him your life? And say, Lord, here I am. 
I believe. I believe you are Savior. I believe you are Lord. I give you my life. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Make me your child. I want to live my life for you. The question today is, will you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? If you will, you will be saved. You will be changed. You will be transformed. You'll be a new creature in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have an invitation. I'm going to ask you not to stir around and make a bunch of noise. We're not done here. We're going to have an invitation. We're going to sing a closing hymn. If you'd like to receive the Lord Jesus Christ today, I want you just to simply step out from where you are. I'm going to be standing right down front as we're singing. And you come and say, Preacher, I want to know Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. You say, what will you do, preacher? I'll take you by the hand. I'll welcome you. And I'll put you with someone here who loves you and loves Jesus. They'll take a Bible. They'll sit down with you and lead you to Jesus. That's just as simple as it is. All you've got to do is step out and come. And we'll help you. And we'll point you to Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. You may have arrived today lost, undone. But you can leave today saved and happy. Rejoicing in Jesus. Simple enough. You come today. If you'd like to receive Jesus, we'll welcome you. And we'll help you. And we'll point you to Jesus Christ. Make sure today, if you have a doubt at all. Maybe you're even here, you say, well, I'm already a part of Red Hill Church. But I'm not sure. You come today. We want to help you. Today's the day for you to be saved. Father, it is with a grateful heart that we bow in your presence. And we come now and we pray your Holy Spirit to do that work that only He can do. I've delivered your word today, Father. I pray your Holy Spirit will take it and apply it to hearts. And I pray for a harvest right now. Give courage to those who need to come. Help them to come and allow someone to love them and point them to Jesus Christ. I pray this in His name and for His sake, for your glory. Amen and amen. 307, just as I am. As we begin singing, you step out. I'll be here waiting for you. Very simple to say, preacher, I want to be saved today. I want to meet Jesus today. I want to make that certain today. Whoever you are, whether you're a regular guest member, choir member, whoever it is, you need to be saved today. Today is today. You'll be standing sing just as I am. You come. Don't delay. Don't follow. You come. 307, let's stand and sing just as I am.